Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man there trying to stop Joe from getting himself into further trouble. Oh, it's not a bad ball for Pelle on the right side. It's Carlos Alberto. I oh, what a great goal that was. Carlos Alberto. Maradona just walked away from Hoddleton. Saldano. So hello and welcome back to the Scorers Thriller podcast. Uh, and my guest this week is Philip O'Rourke, who's written a book called Forgotten Football Clubs, 50 Teams Across the World, Gone But Never Forgotten. Philip, do you want to briefly introduce yourself and also maybe uh, why you decided to write the book? Yeah, what's up, Alex? Uh, glad to be here. Um, yeah, it's a book, uh, Forgotten Football Clubs, uh, 50 Clubs Across the World, basically originated from... Uh, Forgotten Clubs blog that I have um, and it's just about football clubs that have either gone bust, defunct uh, or merged with other football clubs. Uh, some of them are gone completely uh, and some are now Phoenix clubs that uh, fans have kind of re- uh, resurrected. Um, in the book I, I basically go all over the world, uh, mostly Europe because um, it was just easier to kind of do the European clubs. But I, I have uh, ventured into South America, uh, North America, uh, Australia, South Africa, uh, Asia, um, and, and places like that. Um, and I interview fans uh, from from these countries, uh, whether they used to be fans of the actual club, 
uh, or just uh, you know football experts um, in in their respective leagues. So, for example, uh, a Belgian club I covered. Um, I interviewed uh, the lads who uh, run the Belgian football podcast, which is quite uh, popular and successful over there. Um, as well, an Austrian club I covered, Graz AK. Uh, I interviewed the other Bundesliga uh, podcast. Uh, the lads there are quite knowledgeable on Austrian football. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think I think there's about 25 interviews overall uh, out of the 50. Uh, obviously, I couldn't get interviews for everybody. Because some clubs literally are forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in the name. And was there, tell me, was there a club or a story that kind of kicked off you writing the blog? Like, what was the first kind of story that kind of sparked your interest in the in this topic? Yeah, um, I mean, being from Ireland, uh, I, I kind of looked into it and there's 42 uh, clubs uh, in Ireland that have gone, uh, left League of Ireland, basically. Uh, I used to be a, uh, a fan, a Spartan Fingal fan, um, mm. being from Swords and being from Fingal. And they're one of the clubs that, uh, unfortunately, uh, are no longer with us. Uh, and I used to travel around Ireland following them when I was 18, 19. Great, great memories for the uh, four years they were around. They won um, the FAI Cup, the, the Irish uh, Domestic Cup. Uh, they played in Europe and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, they, they feature in, in my book, of course, uh, I I'd be uh, lynched here in uh, Sars if I didn't uh, put them <laughs> put them in the book. And when when uh, when you're writing the book, how strict were you with the sort of forgotten clubs term? Because I think you mentioned a bit, but some of them are kind of phoenix clubs. Like, what is the? Was there a kind of working definition that you kind of worked with? Well, actually, well, this this one is okay because it splintered off to this one. Or how did you kind of work around that? Because you know a lot of most clubs since their history have kind of changed their name or changed their location at some point or something. So how did you kind of work around that? Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, when I started the blog, uh, as I said, I started with Irish clubs. And when I ventured kind of uh, abroad, so I went to kind of interview people from Scotland and England and stuff like that, um, and then into kind of mainland Europe. But when I mentioned forgotten clubs, uh, one of the first things they say is, oh, we're not a forgotten club. Um, mm -hmm. So I have to have a criteria uh, for a forgotten club. So the criteria basically is, is that they, at one point or another, the original club uh, that was formed has either merged or has changed uh, name uh, or become defunct at some stage. So, for example, um, uh, Accrington Stanley, now they're not in the book, but at one point in time, they did go defunct. Uh, even though they're still around now and they're playing the football league, they did uh, go to funks and they had to set up again. Um, other clubs that merged, there's loads of them in my book. Uh, I can't think of any uh, off the top of my head, to be honest. Uh, but there is there's plenty of them that have uh, merged. Um, and that, that would uh, qualify as a forgotten club. So basically, if the original entity uh, isn't around anymore, that, that's what a forgotten club is uh, in my criteria. Mm -hmm. And how did you go about sort of uh, researching it? Obviously, you kind of knew some of the stories from maybe Irish or uh, football in the UK and stuff. But when you when you were looking for more clubs to to cover, how did you what was your approach to kind of find, OK, if I want to find a club maybe from Belgium, say, or something and research it that way? Yeah, I mean, um, so what I'm doing is at the moment, I'm actually building a, a database 
uh, of all every forgotten qualified forgotten club in my opinion um, from all around the world so going through each country um, some obviously countries have more than others uh, some countries literally you can't find any uh, I actually have a uh, here in, in my uh, in my home uh, in my room I have a big huge map world map in front of me uh, mm-hmm. and I kind of just went to each country and kind of just selected out the, the most interesting stories or, or the, the story that uh, pops out um, from from that country. Like so, for example, uh, Sweden. There's a club in Sweden um, that is basically a doppelganger or a copy of Juventus, uh, and they were around for I think about fifty years now. They're gone, obviously now, and they feature in the book. But they were literally um, like they had the same crest, the same uh, the same uh, colors jersey. They were called Juventus IF. Um and I think they were they were created in the fifties by um by Italian immigrants, uh so that kind of popped out straight away. Um, there's other stories uh that kind of I tell because 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 of their significance of the way football is going. So there's a club in um Norway called that 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 features. You know, it's quite quite uh, a short story. They're only around few years but it's called uh, uh, my pronunciation might be wrong here but uh, Strom- uh but basically they were known as a soulless club uh, they were created by a, a business basically uh, and they mm-hmm. couldn't get any fans at all um, they had no fans and they were just around um, and eventually somebody bought them over and when they were bought over it, the people who bought them were like well this is a waste of money because there's no fans here <laughs> Um, and it just went bust. Uh, so it just goes to show, you know, fans are, are quite important for football. So it's stuff like that. Like I kind of put in a little bit of messages uh, into it. Um, was that just a vanity to, uh, project that that club, or what was yeah. the? I mean, was yeah, what was what was happening there? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it was. It was the person who owned it. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he, he kind of just wanted to own a football club. Um, and, and there's loads of stories like that throughout, throughout my book where, you know, owners just kind of, it's like a toy to them. Um, and, and they just own a football club. They run into the ground and they just kind of go, ah, all right. Well, that's it. Or, or they want success straight away. And they basically want to run before they can walk. Uh, a bit like Spartan Fingal, who just pumped loads of money into it, won the FAI Cup, and then suddenly they have no money to pay the wages. Like, um, and unfortunately, football is a business uh, as well. You have to get the balance right. Um, and a lot of these clubs just didn't get the balance right. And, and that's why they, they went by the wayside. Uh, the clubs that had strong support, fan fan clubs like Chester that uh, are featuring the club, they came back uh, and they're owned by the fans now. So um, it's, it's great to see that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of badly run clubs uh, that feature yeah. in, in the book. And is when you're looking over it, like in a kind of grand picture, is the consistent kind of story usually that they just ran out of money or like they didn't have a support? Like what is usually, is there a consistent thread of that they usually, the clubs are just badly run business-wise means they get forgotten or what is kind of some of the key themes that they kind of deal with? Yeah, I mean, as I said, I tried to kind of uh, pick out clubs that like had different like I didn't want to keep going off oh, this club kind of 
were ran badly and that's why they went bust. So I tried to pick mm-hmm. out kind of more original stories than that. But in general, yeah, it, it, it was mostly kind of eccentric uh, owners and chairmen that kind of just got a, got a, got away from themselves. Um, or not even owners, kind of uh, businesses. Um, like for one example, um, it's the Japanese club I, uh, I feature, they, they played in the lower leagues of Japanese uh, football. Uh, again, um, my pronunciation might be, mightn't be right, but Osaka, Kuroshi, um, were owned by a hotel chain, basically, and, and their plan was to uh, get to the J-League. Um, they never got there. Uh, but they pumped a lot of money into it, um, and they 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 never they never made it. Um, there's a little spin-off uh, to that that another another club actually were formed from that club because there was disagreements, and that other club at the moment actually played, I think, in the J two league, I think it's called. Um, so there's all these little stories. Um, hey, another one is the Chinese club. Jiang uh, um, again, my pronunciation is probably terrible. Jisun uh, Jiang or Jiang Sunning, uh, who were around since the fifties, um, never won the league. Uh, they were bought by the hotel company Sunning, and that's why Sunning is in their name. They won the league in twenty twenty one, and then that was it. <laughs> they, they, they just sold. <laughs> the uh, job was, was completed. Quite, yeah, it was. It was kind of like a, a FIFA game, like you know, uh, uh, we kind of won the league. I don't really want yeah. to play anymore, and that was it. Like player, like got the, Fabio got the Capello hotels and all. On the map. Yeah, yeah, basically, like Fabio Capello managed them. Uh, Ramirez, remember him? He used to play for Chelsea. Yeah. He played for them. Uh, like, so they were a big club in China, like, and it just, that was it, gone. Uh, the Sunning just decided to, to follow the football uh, department and off they go. Um, so it, it was quite weird. Um, there's all sorts of stories. Again, there's a Turkish club who are kind of still around, but they're not still around. Uh, Quite, quite briefly, I'll just explain that the two chairmen of these uh, clubs, Kaiaspor, again, the pronunciation is probably wrong, uh, Kaiaspor, so there's two Kaiaspors kind of in, in the city, and the two chairmen just, at one point, one season, just decided to swap, <laughs> swap seats. Yeah. Um, and it's better explained in the book, but I have to write the story about four or five times because I couldn't get my head around what actually was going on. Um, it was it was quite quite weird. It was it was weird. They kind of like so. For example, just imagine Manchester City, Manchester United, and suddenly the two chairmen of the clubs went, "All right, we're going to swap," <laughs> and they they didn't change <laughs> names or anything like that. It was just the two lads just kind of just swapped. Okay, they, the players didn't change. It, it was just, just a weird just the owners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, just the owners just went, "All right, I'll take your job. You take mine." And uh, one obviously then went bust, and the other one carried on. Like it was, it was, it was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is strange. I mean, maybe you can speak to this from personal experience. But I find it very interesting the idea of what does a fan do when their club goes bust? Like, do they sort of go support their crosstown rivals with you know, yeah, like just because I mean their club has gone like gone bust? Like, what do you? What was the experience of? Um, when you speak spoke to other other fans uh, from the fans with the interviews, like what they did once their club went bust, did they find another team to support, or was that them just kind of done with football? No, no, um, uh, that was one of the questions I would ask when uh, on my blog. Uh, so 
obviously you don't support so and so anymore. So who do you support? Um, and and they'd answer and say, "Oh, look, I." Some of them would say, "I support." Say, for example, Monaghan United fans um, here in Ireland would say, oh, "I kind of just watch out for Rovers, but it'll never be the same." Um, because once you're a fan of a football club, uh, like Sporting Fingal, for example, I I now follow St Pat's here in in Ireland, and I love football, so it's it's not a bother to me. But it's not the same. Um, as supporting that club, and and there's a sense of sadness in it sometimes. Um, a lot of people, uh, kind of, kind of, you, you can hear it, hear it when say you're talking on the phone, or you can even sense it when you're reading it, uh, when you're doing an interview by text and stuff like that. That there's a sense of loss. Uh, I think there's actually one person. I think it was actually a money United fan who actually described it as a bereavement. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it was like a death in the family. Uh, when Monaghan United uh, kind of stopped uh, playing football in League of Ireland. So there you go. There's, there's quite strong emotions attached to it. Um, and I kind of say that in the introduction of the book, I think. Yeah. And what, what I mean, what did you do when Sporting Fingal went? Uh, what, is, what has been your, what, like, how did you feel when, when Fingal went bust? Well, I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall uh, a year before because I, I, I was a, a, a kind of journalist. I was writing for a, a website, an Irish website called Extra Time, and I was a kind of uh, investigating um, League of Ireland stuff. And I found out that they were paying certain players certain amounts. Um, and when you put the figures together, you know you're getting 500 fans, home fans, and you're paying players two grand a week. Yeah, <laughs> the figures the figures don't match up. Uh, so I kind of called it out. Uh, I was told to kind of be quiet. Um, and then, lo and behold, uh, it, it happened. Um, uh, and yeah, it was disappointing. Look, Sarge, where I'm from, uh, is a, a huge area. Uh, the town has a population of 50,000. And then you have the Fingal area, which is even bigger, has 250,000 people. And we don't really have a football club. It's an argument, though, that people say, ah, oh, you're from Dublin, there's plenty of Dublin clubs. But the closest club to me is Shelburne. And that's about mm-hmm. a 40 minute journey away from me. Um, I did try to get a football club here two years ago uh, with the help of uh, um, other people from abroad uh, called Dublin County uh, set up. But unfortunately, we failed uh, because we couldn't get the stadium um, to play uh, League of Ireland football. So that, that, that was also disappointing. But the, yeah, the, the spot and finger, uh, like, look, it was great memories and stuff like that. But um, it's disappointing that they're not around anymore. Uh, I went and then started supporting St. Pat's, who are actually from South Dublin. But the only reason I support them is because when I was with Extra Time, they used to send me out there to report on games. Um, and I kind of just got myself familiar with the ground and stuff like that. It's a nice little old school ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I just started supporting them. Okay. But you, would you, I mean, would you say that your connection with them is anything like that it was uh, with Sporting Fingal or before? Or, or is it just. Like if, if Sporting Fingal came back or something, like you said, your your allegiance to Pats would probably end. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I'd be back with Sporting Fingal, unfortunately. Yeah. Pats fans are listening, they'd probably call me a photo, <laughs> but it, it, that's that's just the way it is. Like I'm a North Sider, so I'm North Dublin, uh, and proper proper Swords lad. Um, so yeah, any Swords club, if, even if it was a new Swords club appeared, I I'd be sporting them. Um, because that's uh, I've lived here all my life. I live here now, um, and and that would be just that. I still have a 
the finals of Pats. But to be fair, I'll be at Pats games and they'll be sagging off the north side. Like uh, I won't, I won't chant the chants because there's quite uh, a few explicit words in it. Mm. But um, yeah, they 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 sag off the north side. None kind of like, well, I can't join in that because I'm, <laughs> I'm a north sider. Yeah, uh, but uh, keep, no, keep, it, keep quiet. Yeah, yeah, I just I just kind of keep my mouth shut for that one. Um, but uh, no, if a, if a club ever appeared here in, in Swords, and maybe it will uh, in, the, in the future, I, I would have to have to support them. Yeah. Was there any club that from uh, from the research that the story sort of uh, maybe stuck with you a bit? Like you could really relate to their story that it felt kind of very familiar? Um, there is quite a lot of the clubs like Sport and Fingal that they kind of had re- a lot of success uh, quite instantly and then just went. So they were only around for four or five years. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think uh, in my head which clubs would would match that um, kind of criteria. Um, off the top of my head, I can't read, but because there there is so many fifty clubs. Um, but there is quite a few that kind of went in, uh, won won a cup or, or won a league, uh, and then went right that's it, and and that was it. He went both, yeah. um, and and didn't come back. Uh, so in that in that regard, I, I would have felt um, the pain uh, that their fans had felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I, it's an interesting topic because, I mean, on the surface level, you kind of assume that looking at these clubs which have kind of gone bust, that it would be very sad for fans. But I guess some of the stories of sort of revival and Phoenix clubs is kind of quite hopeful and also quite optimistic because you kind of see, like, like, like you said, like growth to sort of fan-owned clubs and also fans kind of take initiative. So it doesn't have to necessarily be a, a sad story. Yeah, that, that, when I set out doing the uh, Forgotten Clubs, I always try to uh, put a positive spin on it. I know it's, it's quite hard, but uh, I do try to put a positive spin on it. So while Spartan Fingal went bust and stuff like that, uh, me and my mates travelled around Ireland and had great memories uh, doing it. Uh, other clubs, um, like you say, like, for example, Chester again, uh, that are now fan on and stuff like that, they're quite happy uh, to be like that, that they don't have... Uh, Sugar Daddy or an owner dictating, um, you know how their football club is run, and and they'll never be in danger, um, of of kind of going bust. Now, that's not entirely true, because there is fan owned clubs out there that that have gone bust and stuff like that. But it's it, it's less likely to happen, especially as fans just want the best for their football club. Uh, whereas if an owner, you know, a one person owner, is there they're more inclined to care more about the business side and the money and stuff like that. Um, as I said, you have to really get a mix of the two. Um, and unfortunately, there's plenty of football clubs out there that haven't. Um, but uh, no, there's, there's, there's you know happy endings in a lot of the stories. Uh, as I said, Chester, another club, Aldershot, uh, who are obviously from England as well. Yeah. Um, they're still about. Um, and um, for example, Italian club, Palermo, uh, they feature... Uh, they they had a uh, they've had a rocky history, um and yeah there, there, there's plenty of other clubs that have, as I said, gone but uh, have come back even in lower leagues and stuff like that. Uh, Grass Grass uh, AK, uh, who you know at one point beat Liverpool, uh, in the Champions League. I think it was the year Liverpool went on to win the Champions League in Istanbul. 
Uh, they went bust. They're now on their way back. They're in the second division of Austria at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if they get promoted, you know, the, the, the Bratz Derby, the big, the big rivals uh, from Bratz, you know, that'll happen again. And that's something that their fans who now own the club are looking forward to uh, having on a regular basis in the future. But it's, it's, they do it with an air of caution um, because they know how quickly, you know, it can all turn sour. Yeah, exactly. Um, Philip, I think that's most of the questions I've got covered. How can people, do you want to sp- explain a bit when the book is out and how they can uh, get their hands on it, where it's available? Yeah, it's out on uh, the 6th of February, um, so in about two weeks' time. Um, it's available on Amazon, WH Smith, uh, Eason's, all online. Um, you can pre-order it now. If you pre-order it now, I think you get a discount on it. Um and it's it's yeah it's it's, it's all there. Uh, you've got the the pitch publishing website. Um, they're obviously the publishing company that uh, are publishing the book, uh, and they'll have all the details and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So if if, if go ahead and buy it uh, as well. The money that any money that I make uh, is actually going to go to a charity called Let's Fund It, uh, which is a charity here in Ireland. Um, a great charity that give uh, to kind of organized sports organizations. Uh, old people's homes and stuff like that, um, kind of facil- uh, facilitate, you know, books and footballs for for football clubs and stuff like that. Oh, that's brilliant! And I mean, congratulations, Philip, on the book. I th- from what I've read, I really enjoyed it and found it really, really, really interesting. What are you? Uh, I mean, you spoke a little bit about earlier, but what are you sort of trying to take the Forgotten Clubs project forward in the future? Are you trying to expand it to more clubs and stuff, or what are you? How are you taking the website forward in the future? Yeah, the, the website itself will probably become more active. I used to have a team uh, of writers I used to write, uh, but they've all gone off to the individual projects. Uh, for example, Jeff Webb has actually wrote a book called Lost Clubs in Scotland, uh, bringing, bringing a book, basically this Forgotten Clubs version of Scottish clubs. Um, another lad, Ross uh, Kilvington, is writing a book on the World Cup 98. Uh, and then there's Bent, uh, who also brilliant writer, um, he is doing uh, a project with uh, Luxembourg football um, on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, so, but I'm, I'm going to try get the blog up and running a little bit more frequent. I am planning to do a second book, uh, Forgotten Clubs, mm-hmm. Fifty Clubs Across the World, Part Two, I suppose it we called, uh, or maybe another Fifty Clubs Across the World. Yeah. Uh, I haven't signed anything yet or anything like that, so we have to see how this one goes. But I've already planned. I've already picked out, I think, uh, 30 of the clubs already. Um, and I'm going to try get more kind of a variety uh, of around the world. As I said, this one is mainly Europe. Uh, but the, the next one, hopefully, I'll try uh, venture into maybe Africa and Asia a little bit more. Sounds brilliant, Philip. Yeah, good luck with, the, good luck with moving the project forward. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Cheers, Alex. Glad to. Podcast Network.